Welcome as we continue our daily Bible reading through the book of Numbers in the Pentateuch, first five books of the New Testament or the Old Testament, and we are in Numbers chapter six. So Numbers begins again with more vows, more more uh, God saying to His people, "This is the commitment I've made with you, and the commitment you need to make with me in order for this to work." And the commitment that God makes to us is God's going to do the saving. God's going to do the action. He's the one who initiates this covenant, this contract in the first place. And what does he call from us but obedience, faith, and trust in him? And the vows are a part of that obedience too. Why is that important? Because if we don't show that obedience, then we're going to lose our trust in God. Then our vows to God uh, really mean nothing. And and we're going to lose the, the benefit of that covenant too. So obedience is our way of of connecting to that covenant. Not that that earns God's favor for us. The favor of God is already with his people. God's already come out to his people and God's already come to us. God always uh, already calls us to faith. He already saved us in what Jesus did for us at the cross in the empty tomb. Our response then to that, not not our, oh, I hope I can get God to love me. No, God's already loved me. He's already shown that to love to me in Christ. But our response then is our commitment, our life, our our faithfulness, our obedience. Because in being obedient, being obedient to God, it puts us in, in line with God. It puts us puts us and God on the same page, and and we're able to receive a blessing. Then that's why God wants us to obey Him. He doesn't want us to obey Him so He can say, "Hey, I'm God over you, and and I can tell you what to do, and you have to do it." Ha ha ha. No, He tells us to do something because it's in our best interest. And, and because we are so sinful and, and we are so short-minded and we are so self-centered that we're not going to do that unless God commands us to do it. And then by faith, God begins to work in us what we pray for in the Lord's Prayer, that we would start to be in line with his will, that, that we would see his kingdom starting coming into our hearts, that his reign would start to reign in our hearts, and, and we, would, we would follow him like he is our Lord. Um, then uh, uh, his name would be hallowed. Uh, we'd, we'd hallow his name in our lives. Sins would be forgiven. Uh, we would be delivered from evil and uh, uh, and from temptation that we go to. And we'd be able to celebrate the fact that the kingdom, the glory, and the power are God's. Amen and amen to that. So the Nazarite vow uh, is similar to many vows we make in our life too. When my mom and dad brought me to be baptized, they made a vow and said, we are going to bring up this child in a Christian home. They didn't say, hey, you know, we're going to baptize this kid and then we'll just kind of let him go off and where he goes. No, they knew they were making a commitment. Every one of us in our marriage, we made a commitment, a vow uh, to our husbands or to our wives uh, we make a commitment, like I said, as parents too. We make a commitment when we uh, when we begin to serve the Lord. When we, we we say to God, "Make me a faithful citizen in my community. Make me a good neighbor. Um, God, make me like the good Samaritan. That when I see a need out there, so that so that I hear from you, God, uh, you saying like Jesus did in the parable, when I was hungry, you fed me. Um, that's a commitment that we make to God, um, and and it's a serious commitment." It involves, it involves offerings, it involves sacrifice on our part, um, but the commitment is worth it. And then when we come to the end of chapter 6, so if you go back over the first number of chapters that we've read in the book of Numbers, we've read about uh, how God told them to arrange the camp, the commitment of the Levites, what the sons of Aaron were to do, the duties of the Levites, uh, the redemption of the firstborn, uh, the duties of others serving there, and then uh, uh, the duties to uh, to the unclean in the in the community, um, and, and God setting this all apart. 
um, and, and setting them apart as his people, now God says, I'm going to bless you to be able to do it. Like I said last night, uh, I said, God doesn't come to us and bring himself down to us. No, he brings us up to him. And this is the way he does it. He does it through his blessing. And this is one of those where you look and say, this is in the book of Numbers, in the book of County, this beautiful benediction that we all love to hear and receive at the end of our, our many of our worship services. This is in this is in the book of Numbers. Every single one of us is precious to God, and he gives his blessing to us, and, and we thank God for that. Uh, and that comes in this wonderful book of, of God's blessing. So notice verse 22 in chapter 6 says, this isn't Moses' blessing. This isn't Aaron's blessing. The Lord spoke to Moses, and he told him what to do. And he said, in giving that blessing, you are to bless the people of Israel. You are to bless them. Now, to bless someone means to put them in an, an advantageous situation where they might receive good things. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to put us into a situation where we can receive blessed things and good things. Because by our nature, again, by our sinful nature, look at Adam and Eve. God put them in a situation where they should be blessed. And sure as the world, when Satan came along and tempted them, they fell away. God redeems them and buys them back there again. That's us. And he's done that for us. Notice the threefold blessing here. And it's laid out very nicely, at least in my Bible. And I pray, pray it is in yours. But you can tell it's threefold because it's the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. So notice a number of things about that. First of all, it's God's covenant name. It doesn't say God, not that that wouldn't be good, um, but the Lord is the one who came to Moses and said, I am who I am. I am the Lord that's sending you to bring my people out of bondage and slavery to the promised land. This is the, this is the loving kindness of God, the gracious name of God, and he uses that in the benediction three times. It's tantamount to, to the way we're baptized because we're baptized in the threefold name of God as well, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Definite connection that goes there. And then notice that in each part of the blessing, it goes like this. God is going to move towards us. The Lord bless you. And then he's going to invoke an activity that's going to be a blessing to us. So the Lord, by blessing us, is going to now keep us, preserve us, watch over us, protect us. The Lord making his face to shine on us. And there's that beautiful image of, of the face of God. And think about that. When God's face is turned towards us, both when it's turned us, towards us, and when his face is shining on us, it means he's smiling at us. When God turns his face down towards you, when God sets his face against you, that's not a good thing. But God wants to bless you, wants to turn his face towards you. And think about it too. When God's face is turned towards us too, then he can breathe upon us. Think about how God breathed life into Adam. He couldn't do that if his face was turned away from them. Think about how Jesus breathed on his disciples and gave them the gift of the Holy Spirit. So when the face is turned towards us, God can then breathe life into us. Remember, breath is what the name spirit also means. Spirit, breath, wind. Uh, is God breathing that new life into us. And just as when we're breathing, we're alive, God makes us alive. And so when his face is turned towards us, then he can be gracious to us. He can do gracious things for us, like save us and forgive our sins and make heaven possible for us. And then in the third one, God's going to move towards us to lift up his countenance. So the countenance is the whole face. God's smiling upon us, God looking towards us. And then it says, and then give you peace. 
what happens then, what activity that comes out of it then for us is peace. And of course, that word peace in the Old Testament is that huge word shalom, which means well-being with God. It means no, we're right with God. We are righteous before God. We are justified by what Christ did for us and all that that means so that that, that blessing is truly a, a great and a beautiful picture uh, for us. And then what, what does that do? Well, verse 27, he says, then you shall put, by doing this, you will put my name on my people and you will bless them. To have God's name on us, to be called a Christian, be, called, be a part of God's family, have his name be put upon us is truly the, the greatest thing in the world. And, and because his name includes his reputation, his fame, the fact that he remembers us and that we belong. Think about how many things that separate us in this world. Um, how, how we are classified by by things that we have here, but when they're gone, um, we think we lose our identity. With God, we never lose our identity. We are a child of God, and that's something that lasts for forever. Who would think? Numbers chapter six. We'd have nine minutes worth of commentary on that, and I just scratched the surface. Read, mark, learn it, and inwardly digest it. God bless you.